It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. We are. We are. We are cultivate. 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 We are cultivate. The Oracle Network. Welcome to a special mini-sode of Yield Crime, the show where Maddie and I discuss the funny, strange, and obscure crimes of yesteryear every Wednesday. This special bi-weekly segment is called Can You Crack the Cramp Word, which is slang for a difficult or obscure term, which I thought was very fitting. And with me today is Eliza from the Leave the Lights On podcast. And before we begin, I'd like to give her the opportunity to tell us a little more about herself and her show before we start the game. All right. Hello, everyone. I am the creator and host of Leave the Lights On. It's a true crime and ghost or paranormal podcast. I personally believe that you can't have murder without ghosts. So it was nice to kind of combine the two there. And plus, you know, you get some really interesting stories coming up when you do that combination. For sure. Yeah, it's a weekly podcast. I love doing it. I love doing I've Guess I've been weird since the dawn of time, and I've been <laughs> hard I've been same, very- hard same. <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of like get this as my outlet, my weirdness outlet. Uh, but yeah, and to add to my weirdness, and I don't know if it's something that I should be uh, tooting my horn about, but I grew up in an insane asylum. <laughs> wow. Not because I was no, no, not because I was put in there, but it's a local St. Albans. Uh, I did an episode that was like one of my first five episodes, and my family my brother and cousins, we went there for a daycare and it was a then active asylum. And so now, yeah, now it's a haunted tourist attraction. And my mom and I laugh because they did like little handprints of our hands, you know, it's like a cute little daycare wall mural thing. Well, now apparently part of the tour, they say, those are the handprints of the children back in the 1800s. And it has my name like in the video. (laughs) I'm like, am I dead? (laughs) so you gotta love and you gotta give it to them that they're really trying to hide that place up but yeah it just kills me so (laughs) god well now i'm blanking on it i was trying to think what's the movie with bruce willis i see dead people six cents six cents i was gonna say you're bruce willis you're just six sensing it you didn't realize you were in daycare in the 1800s Had to have been. Had to have been like a weird time jump thing. Cause there you go. Yeah. Always fun times when I hear that story. <laughs> well, you look great for being a child in the 1800s. So thank you. Thank you. These modern clothes do fit me well. So <laughs> kudos to you. Great skincare routine. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. It's a vino. It's a vino. Sponsor nice. me. No. <laughs> nice. I use a vino as well. So I feel you. That, that makes that bodes well for me. So oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I means I got 200 years. Sweet. So I have a couple questions for you. 
So what kind of inspired you to create your podcast? Oh, my goodness. This is going to be throwing a local or not local, but a famous podcast under the bus. Uh, And I'm sure a lot of people have the same sentiment. I was listening to And That's Why We Drink. Yeah. And um, (laughs) love them. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I had a a long commute for work. And when you start binging it, Mm -hmm. you start to notice and start to come to hate the bantering. Yeah. And and I know that you and and Maddie do a great bantering, but some of these youngins uh mm-hmm. <laughs> and their bantering it just goes off the rails and it's great content, but at the same time it was annoying as a listener who really wanted to know the information and to hear the case and kind of get really immersed into that. Mm-hmm. And so as I was driving, I'm like, you know what? I can do it better. And I already love talking about ghost stories and I love hearing my own sound of my own voice. So um <laughs> Who doesn't? Exactly. So I was like, you know what? Let's get into it. And the more and more I researched into it, I was like, I can do this. And bam, I did it. Kudos to you. Yeah, I I feel you on that because there are definitely, there are some shows where you're right. Like the banter just takes so long at the beginning that you almost kind of lose interest. And you're like, well, I don't even want to hear the the cases now because it's like, how long is it going to take to actually get to the case? Yeah, I completely understand. And I and I love it. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. when you're really trying, like especially when the title grabs your attention, you're like, "Oh, that's a good case." And then you're here 35 minutes into hearing about their dog and how their dog did something, and I'm like, "Okay, mm-hmm. cool, thanks, move on." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I feel you. As you mentioned, your show features true crime with paranormal twist. Have you yourself experienced anything paranormal? Oh my goodness. Uh, yes. <laughs> As I mentioned, you know, daycare, a state asylum, grew up with yep. that. There definitely was some activity. And as you'll hear in other people when they talk about St. Albans, they talk about the bowling alley and how there's a dark man in the bowling alley or shadow man. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we went down there, you know, because I never believed that there was a bowling alley. So the counselor that I was with took a few of us and we went down there Because there's also an elevator that goes to the kitchen, which is where we would store our snacks and stuff at the time. Mm -hmm. So he's like, yeah, we'll go to the basement. And that is pretty much where I almost shit my pants. Sorry, I don't know. I'm pooped my (laughs) pants. No, no, it's fine. (laughs) You can swear. You're good. Okay, okay, good. Because on mine, I try not to swear, but, you know, eh, whatever. So I'm and at this time, I'm like 10. And -hmm. I already had some paranormal experiences, but nothing like this. And there was um, so we get to the bowling alley and there's graffiti in it. Even Mm -hmm. at that time, like was, you know, early or actually by then late 90s. And so it was creepy. Got the vibe Mm -hmm. going on. But we decided, you know what, let's just play around because there were still bowling balls, still pins, Mm -hmm. but just no electricity. And there was the only the light from the elevator. Oh, creepy. Yeah. The camp counselor was, well, the person who was in charge of us decided, you know what, I'm going to stay in the elevator. I'll hold the door. You all explore. Come get me. I would later learn that he already experienced some stuff. So he Ah. was, he knew, but he wanted to scare us. So I get down there (laughs) and (laughs) I know, great, great (laughs) that I had these adults in charge of me. Great counselor. Love it. (laughs) And now, and I'll be honest, I think that influenced my teaching style now. So wonderful. And so I'm getting down there. We're playing with the pins and everything. And we, no electricity meant that the balls didn't come back. So mm-hmm. someone had to go get the ball when it went down there and bring it back up. I was that idiot that did it. 
And I was like, oh, I'm brave. I'm bad. So I go down. First time, not a problem. Second time, though, was a problem. So I get down there and I get to where the pins are set up and everything. And I hear a creak, a groan, the typical stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm bending down to get the ball and retrieve it from the back trappy, whatever area that is. Mm -hmm. And inside where the pins would come down, I hear, get out. Okay. And I thought it was like the counselors or the kids and they were they were already gone at that point. <laughs> and I'm assuming because I, I, the counselor called them or whatever. I don't know. And then the next thing I turn around after getting looking at for my friends, I turn back around again to grab the ball. And there was this very tall, dark figure. And it was like a solid shadow that was right next to me said, get out. And I said, Okay, turned around, and I have never sprinted so fast on that slick surface oh, of a alley. And I mean, like, if you could look, think about the cartoons where you're running in place, yep. that was me. Oh, and I God. was screaming obscenities, and I was trying to get back to the elevator. I'd, like, dive in, like, sliding in for a base, and the counselor's laughing his ass off. And he's like, you saw the tall black man, didn't you? The black figure, didn't you? And I'm like, ha ha. Yeah, I did. Thanks, jerk. <laughs> and then you punched him in the nuts. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so mentally, I did. Yes. Jeez. <laughs> oh, so last question. What story or case got you interested in true crime? And then second part, what story got you interested in the paranormal? They could have been the same thing. It could be two different ones. But what sort of got you interested in those genres? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> to, to narrow it down. Well, the paranormal, uh, actually, that one was pretty interesting. It, it was the Greenbrier ghost that okay. is in West Virginia. Mm -hmm. And actually, we uh, live not too, well, my family lives not too far from there. And we would head up to Greenbrier and everything. And we did a tour. And that tour kind of sold me on it. Mm -hmm. and, and just everyone talking about the things that were involved in it. And, and like I mentioned earlier, I, I've been experiencing paranormal things. I'm not a medium or anything. Sure. But it just happens to be my luck. It, but yeah, no, it was the ghost of the green buyer that really got me. And then it was really fascinating. Just the story behind it mm -hmm. was really neat. And knowing that it was close, which yeah. was another interesting thing too, because often with paranormal stories that I look into, they're, either in another country or another state. Mm -hmm. And they're things that I never would have thought of being close. Like, yeah, when it hits close to home, it really gets me good. But yeah, I would say <laughs> that is the, my story or the one that got me into it. In terms of murder, um, oh boy. it what? Yeah, I'll go with this. It's not really, it's a local murder that happened. Mm -hmm. Nothing national, nothing. I was probably about... 12 at the time and mm -hmm. where my family lives they live like right in the vicinity of radford university okay and we're kind of sandwiched between radford university and virginia tech okay and in radford it's not like a big university i don't even know why it's called a university but anyway uh <laughs> i mean it's big now but then it was like it was a joke university sure and so but the the town itself was a very small town and everything and it gets plastered on the news that a woman that was 23 at the time was walking home in a very relatively safe area. Again, small town. Everyone knows you. And she was murdered outside, like within almost, I think it, they said like 10 
steps away from her apartment. Oh, geez. And she was a university student. And we – and it was terrifying because it, it was one of the first in, in a very long time. And it was a girl that it, – it happened, like I said, in a neighborhood that was completely – fine mm-hmm. and they never caught the, i mean they caught the guy eventually but then there was a manhunt a huge investigation trying to figure out who did it mm-hmm. and, and why would someone take down this girl that at the time seemed like she had no enemies mm-hmm. and as the story unraveled which you know was really captivating for our small town community we found out that it was an ex-boyfriend who she literally broke up with two days prior to the murder Jeez. And it was just the guy couldn't take no for an answer and said, you know, if I can't have you, no one can. And that to me really stuck. And I remember, too, like just the panic, like my parents wouldn't even let me out playing out in our neighborhood because of that. And how that one situation really affected a small town really opened my eyes. And I think, I I mean, honestly, it took away my innocence towards the world. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I often ponder back on that case. And especially when I talk about cases where they are small towns, I know that feeling. And I know mm-hmm. how, despite not knowing the victim, it does impact you in a very big way. Mm-hmm. So, and that I, that's the one that really got me and just kind of pushed me into really reading up on crime and, and how it affects people in towns. Yeah, I completely understand. We we moved when I was in middle school. And I remember, I can't remember exactly when this happened, if it was when I was still in high school or if I had left shortly for college. But one of my younger sister Madison's friends, same thing, her father, something happened with her dad and he killed his children and his wife and then he killed himself. And it was huge. And it was something where no one saw it coming. It was completely out of the blue. It shook the whole town and no one wanted to talk about it. It was something where the people that were in her friend's class, because obviously the two children were at school, they were school age, they wanted to memorialize them by getting like an electric sign that in front of the school that you would Mm -hmm. put like, you know, like no school and all that kind of stuff. And they had to fight for that because it was like, we don't want to acknowledge that this horrible thing happened to these two kids. Oh, my gosh. You know what I I mean? Yeah. And I hate when that happens because even now, this is, again, I was 10 and this is decades ago. There still is, I mean, there was a huge memorial. Mm -hmm. And then over the years, because I drive in and around that area, you see that memorial diminish. And then now there's only one plastic rose that sits mm-hmm. there and no one knows and i and i know it's like a for us for my situation it was a college town people move in move out but there are locals who remember that and are still today talking about it i mean my my aunt and uncle still talk about it and they say oh my gosh do you remember mm-hmm. so yeah and that's so sad that people can't or you had to fight for that that yeah that just is irritating yeah. And it was something where I'm very proud of her class because they they did stuff. They had like a fundraiser to raise money for it. So it was like the school didn't want to pay for it. So they were like, well, then we'll pay for it. We'll raise the money for it because they deserve to be remembered. And so they did build it. So I'm very happy that that happened. But yeah, it's like, oh, you know, good. if if people want to memorialize these people, let them do that. It's not hurting anything. And if anything else, it's giving the school this free resource to use. Oh, yeah. You well, know, well, not well, not free, but you know what I mean. Like it's it's the school's benefiting from this sign. So oh yeah, well, and we had a re- not recently, but when I first started podcasting, I brought up a local 
another local murder, which actually was very shocking. And and it was in basically the next t- town over mm-hmm. where a mother left her son at home alone. And I mean, he was like three or four, actually, probably five. I lied. And she left her son alone for then we didn't know how many hours, but it turned out that she left him home for like three hours with no adult, a five-year-old. And somehow within that time frame, the child stumbled into a sewage drain system or like a a old well water system area, cistern. And it wasn't covered up properly by which was the responsibility of the parents. Mm -hmm. And the kid fell into it. Unfortunately, at the time, they thought the kid just went missing, like someone abducted him, someone mm-hmm. took him. And then we find out that that wasn't the case. The parents heard his cry and just used it as an opportunity to cover him up and left him in there. And police found him, unfortunately, deceased a week and a half later. Yeah, small town stories are crazy. And that's extremely sad for that child. They didn't deserve that. No, they didn't. Leave the Lights On is a true crime podcast with a paranormal twist. Join creator Eliza and her co-host as they explore terrifying true stories and chilling crimes. Growing up, Eliza had an odd obsession with the darkest desires of humanity and an insatiable curiosity about the afterlife. Now, each week, Eliza brings you tales that will make you want to lock your doors, hide in your room, and of course, leave the lights on. Available on Spotify and Apple Podcast. On that super fun note, would you, are you ready to try and guess some slang terms? Oh boy. (laughs) It's going to be a great time. So, your first term is fambling shit. (laughs) The image right now is being processed is awesome. (laughs) I can try and spell it for you. I'll put it in the chat so you can visualize the term because it's fambling. Yep. Fambling shit. Fambling shit. That sounds now like shit, but yeah, but it's not. Well, <laughs> see, that's what I was going with. I was thinking of like fambling being a super like fanboying piece of shit. <laughs> Like a really fancy way of like fambling. Oh, he's a part of that fambling group, you know, fanboys yeah. for bling. Yeah. So I, that's what I was thinking. I and that was the image. I honestly pictured a blinged out piece of shit fanboying. I know that's not it, but I'm going to say in all honesty, honesty, honesty. Oh my gosh! And I, ah, I'm going to say like a, a bumbling idiot. Okay. So a fambling. <laughs> I'm here for it. I see your logic and I I like it. Okay. A fambling shit is a ring on one's hand. Nowhere near me going with a bling. Well, if I went with bling shit, like a blinged out piece of poo, I would have been 50% correct. Yeah. Because ring is a bling, but uh, Mm -hmm. no, I chose bumbling idiot for your finger. (laughs) It doesn't have... I don't think Beyonce could play that term in her song very well. If you like it, then you should have put a fambling shit on it. Shit on it. (laughs) I mean, the pantameter or the the, the (laughs) rhythmic is there, but um, people would be questioning it a lot and have to Google it. (laughs) They'd be like, is she okay? What happened? I don't understand that term. 
some idiot actually went to a dictionary and said, let's be fancy. (laughs) (laughs) I got you, Queen Bee. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Lord. Your second term is Jarkman. 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 I I want to go with again in my head I'm picturing it's describing like a big hulky dude. Mm-hmm. Uh so look that man is he's a jarkman but seeing as how it could be fashion related since you guys do like to do themes I'm going to go with maybe it's a necklace but in my mind it's a big honky dude. Okay. A jarkman is someone who makes writings and sets seals for counterfeit licenses and passports. So it's a counterfeiter. See, I should have just stuck with the dude aspect. I go with my gut. Oh my god. <laughs> so you were basically half there because you had the man like, part. You had the man right. part. He could have been really big and weird looking, you know, like I mean, you kinda would have to be an enforcer or big burly dude to kinda do the counterfeiting. Cause if someone is questioning your counterfeiting, you kinda have to like be like, nah, and then bulk out those guns. Yeah. Nah, what are you gonna do? This isn't counterfeit. <laughs> yep, exactly. You don't so, want to get taken down. Yeah. So nope. nope. Okay. So, yeah. I'm terrified for the next one. <laughs> Maybe well, those I'm were 50, those 50. were just Oh, those were the two? Those, those were the two. I can give you a third if you really want. I don't know. I, I kind of want to try and get one right. Okay. Let's see. All right. Let me get you another term. <laughs> Bonus term. Bonus round. Fight. Bonus round. <laughs> All right. I'll give you this one. Dance upon nothing. Dance upon. And this fits with the true crime theme. I'll give you a hint. It's true crime related. Ooh. All right. Dance upon nothing. I want to. It's very closely related to. I'm gonna dance upon your grave, terms, or at least that's what I'm feeling. But dance upon nothing. True crime. Um, motive. Is that is it motive? Dance upon nothing is to be hanged. Oh my god. Yep. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's so one bad. of the few ones where once you hear it, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. That's one of the few yeah. ones. Well, I was like I said, I was going with like, well, it's very similar to, you know, I'm going to dance on your grave because I was thinking, well, grave, nothing, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, I guess someone is down there. But yeah. Oh, well, but yeah, you're right. Once you say it, you're like, yeah, that does make sense. Interesting. (laughs) I know. I like this, though. I I learned two two new words that I'm actually probably going to teach my students to use in their fanciful writing. There you go. (laughs) There you go. If nothing else, you're welcome, but, children. You're yeah, welcome. But we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah. They they love learning new stuff, especially when I teach them like really weird words. And they're like, where did that come from? I'm like, honestly, it came from my word of the day email. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Internet. Right. Thanks, Internet. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Well, I would like to thank Eliza for joining me today for Can You Crack the Cramp Word? And before we go, can you please tell our listeners where they can find you on social media? 
Absolutely. And thank you, Lindsay, for having me on. You guys can find me pretty much wherever. But the big hitters are at Twitter. I'm at Lights on Pod. I'm also on Instagram at Leave the Lights on Podcast. And I also have a website, which is lightsonpod.com, which gets you pretty much anywhere you want to go. Plus, I have some really helpful resources on there that our listeners come to enjoy and use often. Awesome. That's cool. And people can find you pretty much on every podcasting platform out there. Pretty much. Um, I will have to say I got to get it set back up again. I'm not on good pods. Uh, I was, but then I transitioned over to a different hosting platform, which kind of lost me that good pod situation. But yes, I'm on Spotify and iTunes. And then I even think that I'm on uh, Google Play as well. So cool. and iHeartRadio. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, go f- Go check out Eliza's show. It's fantastic. And on that note, as always, I'm Lindsay, and I'll see you next time with another tale as old as crime.